An amazing man was Martin Luther. And during this past week, that's just gone, we met on Wednesday evening and we showed a documentary on the life of Luther and it's a fascinating documentary. I know that all of us that attended were very encouraged by it. Let me tell us, from the very get-go, friends, this morning in my message, I have a goal. I have a goal this morning and it is to help us all realise that we need a proper understanding of and a passion for God's glory. God's glory. And let me, let me explain what I mean by as in we must give God glory. It means giving God honour and respect. We are to stand in awe of God's majesty. The word glory comes from the Greek word doxa and it means splendour and honour and praise. And I also want to introduce you to a very humble man whose life continues to impact many, many people today even though this man has passed away some 50 years ago. And it's this guy that you see a photo of on the, on the screen, A.W. Tozer. He was a remarkable man, a self-taught theologian, a fearless preacher in his day, a very gifted writer and a man of deep inner reflection. And it is well known that A.W. Tozer would spend several hours every day in prayer, earnest prayer, physical prayer. And then he would go into long times of study. He would study God's word, he would study philosophy, other religions. He would just study to get a grasp of the majesty and the awe and the glory of God. This man only went on to year six in formal education. Yet he was awarded two PhDs for his academic publications and he is known by many as a modern day prophet. And he's also well known for his quotes and there's one that I just love of his which is simply this, refuse to be average, let your heart soar as high as it will. A.W. Tozer was a great encourager. If you Google this man, his quotes come up and you'll find that the first quote that he produces or that they show is this one which says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Just think about that. Just read that for yourself, that last quote. This is deep. For many people, they don't think about God. For many people, God has become irrelevant. Wouldn't you agree that today's emphasis is to think about self, not God? To glorify self, to satisfy self. But as Tozer says, It is only when we glorify God for who he is will we find our right perspective of life. 
You know, so many think a fulfilling life is a life that is committed to self and meeting, meeting all of our goals. Well, it's not. If you look at the world today, the world that you and I live in, this world that's, that's obsessed with self, obsessed with self-fulfilment, is it producing fulfilled, content, well-balanced people? And the answer is no, it is not. So let's focus on Tozer's quote for a tick. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. A fulfilling, purposeful life is a life that's aimed at glorifying God in everything that we do in life. A life that is lived in awe of God. Whether it's work, whether it's our career, Nothing wrong with seeking a wonderful career. Whether it's our family, our social life, our recreational life, every aspect of life, it's to be all done to the glory of God. Our constant need is to truly know God, to know his majesty, to know his sovereignty. And that need to truly know God is paramount for us to live fulfilling lives. Now, I'm not sure where all of us are at when it comes to how we look at life. Whether you are committed in your faith or whether you just sort of think, well, it's an interesting thing for some people. I want us all to truly allow God to speak to us today and just be challenged by what Tozer says. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, someone who wrote many of the New Testament books under the inspiration of God's Spirit, he was a man who stood in awe. He truly stood in awe of God because he knew God. He knew the depth of God's love for sinners like him and like us and like Luther got to rediscover for himself. God's depth of love that we see in Jesus, his son, who was sent to earth from heaven to pay for our sin with his perfect life, this this work of God, his intense love for us, as it's all explained in, in Paul's letter to the Romans, particularly chapter 1 to 11. For those of you who, who, who would be willing to explore the truth of Christianity, read Romans chapters 1 through to 11. Because there, the Apostle Paul, who writes this, gives an amazing, amazing story, amazing facts about the Christian faith in the first 11 chapters. And then he comes to the end where he gives this, this glorious conclusion, this doxology, this, this awesome expression of God's majesty. Now to date, in this series, what we've been looking at is Scripture alone. There are, there are five main tenets of the Christian faith that the Reformation reminds us of. And the first is this, sola scriptura, that's Latin, meaning Scripture alone. Friends, this is the end result of everything. If you want to check anything in life, any, you go through the lens of God's Word. We also learnt about it is in Christ alone, solus Christus, that we are saved. We also saw in week three, sola gratia, which means grace alone. The fact that you and I are right with God is all because of God's grace. We saw it's only faith alone. It's not works. 
It is our believing in the person and work of Jesus that makes us right with him. And then now today, we come to the end of this series and we look at soli deo gloria, which is Latin for glory of God alone. And that's where Paul ends his first 11 chapters explaining all of those biblical truths about the Christian faith. And we're going to be looking at these few verses for just a little while this morning. And you'll see there, if you've got your Bibles, you want to follow on the screen, Romans 11, verse 33, then we go into what it says there, but it has this word doxology, which is this word glory again. And we read this. At the end of his whole explanation of the Christian faith, Paul says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. There's a theologian and a lawyer by the name of David Van Drunen. And I'm interested to know that he is a a lawyer, but he's also a theologian and he is also an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church. And he says, and I quote, Simply put, the fact that salvation is by faith alone, grace alone and Christ alone, without any meritorious contribution on our part, ensures that all glory is God's and not our own. To him be the glory forever. Amen, Paul writes. Now the verse just before that on the screen, verse 35, just find that on the screen, is also very important for us to understand. And and it's actually a reference from Job in the Old Testament. Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? Now, I read during the week what I think is a very helpful explanation of this verse. Because to get a grasp of God's glory, we need to realise just how glorious he is. This explanation. You've seen and you've heard, I'm sure, that Father's Day or Christmas Day, TV will have an ad and it will be a question and it will say, what do you give the man who has everything? You know, you've seen those ads, hey? Hello? Seen the ads? Yeah. You know, what do you give someone who's got everything? And then it's got this silly answer, like Old Spice Aftershave. (laughs) Or a razor, you know. It's a silly ad. Now think it through with me, because imagine someone literally did have everything. They had everything. What could you give them? First, you'd... You'd have to steal it from them to give it to them. It's a silly ad. You you wouldn't have the money because I've got all the money so you can't buy anything from him to give to him because he's got it all. You can't even get the wrapping paper because he's got it all. It's a silly ad. Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? God is sovereign, friends. God made us. He made this universe. He made the galaxies. Verse 36... 
For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. All things created have been created by God out of nothing. All things are sustained by God. Who is in charge of this world? Friends, we don't know what will happen. We could go out and get hit by a bus. The, 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 the man in North Korea could do... We don't know what's going to happen, do we? We can't stop it. it God is in control. Our adoption into God's forever family is all through the work and person of Jesus. That is God's work. That's not our work. Everything is for God's glory. As a man of the name of Jason Helopoulos says, very wisely on the screen, he says, the reformers rightly understood that all the other solars of the Reformation had as their aim the very glory of God. Scripture alone, grace alone, <coughs> excuse me, Christ alone and faith alone <coughs> all point to the fact that our salvation and all of life is for the glory of God alone. His glory shapes our work, our play, family, worship, all of life. And that's why the quote from Tozer is such a profound and important truth for us to think about. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Psalm 19, 1-2, we see that all creation speaks of the glory of our Creator God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. Did you know that according to an astronomy professor by the name of Cornrick, he says there are over 10 trillion galaxies in the universe. 10 trillion. I don't even know how to write that figure, 10 trillion reminds me of, well actually, it reminds me of what I was told last night. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law just returned from going from a trip all around Australia and they turned up at our place on Friday night. And Hanson only said that when they were in like the Northern Territory or Western Australia and they're camping in the bush and there's no lights and they both said, it is amazing. You look up at the, up at the sky at night. It, it is amazing. Which reminds me of an illustration that Adam used some time ago when he was talking about this. He was reading a book by, are you surprised? Tim Keller. Right? <laughs> Tim Keller uses an illustration about a time that Elizabeth Elliot, who is a very well-known Christian, or was a, a very well-known, she's now passed, Christian author and speaker. And in a talk that she gave, she said, think about this, and I'm quoting, Think about this. If the distance between the earth and the sun, 150 kilometres, did you know that? If the distance between the earth and the sun, 150 million, sorry, 150 million, that's how ignorant I am about the, 150 million kilometres, if that was the thickness of a sheet of paper, then the distance between the earth and the nearest star would be a stack of 21 metres high. 
That's high. The distance across the galaxy would be a stack of paper 500 kilometres high. Our galaxy is just one little speck of dust in the universe as it is. You know, you do the simplest of internet searches on galaxies and stars and you will find the universe is just too large to make accurate counts of stars and planets, friends. God's majesty, God's power is revealed when we look up at the sky by day and at the sky by night. Each directs, each time we look, each star, each amazing moment directs us to have attention to him, the God of all glory. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And then in regards earth, this ball that you and I are living on, in Psalm 24 verses 1 to 2 it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Friends, everything exists for the glory of God. He is the creator and the sustainer of all things. Out of nothing, he made everything. Why? To reveal his glory. We tend to think and live as if the world was created for us. But it's not the case. God is the creator and all of creation was created for his purpose to reveal his glory. Theologians refer to God's creation as general revelation. Creation reveals his glory, general revelation. (coughs) And theologians refer to God's revelation in his word where he reveals himself to show us how to live, to tell us how to get right with him, the history of redemption, of his interaction with his people. This is special revelation. Here, God reveals himself more clearly to us and he tells us his will and what is necessary for salvation and life. That's why Tozer says, whatever you think about God, what comes into your mind, is so important. So, How should this impact our lives, you and I, as we go from here? Well, first and foremost, it means that God alone deserves our worship. He is priority number one. Therefore, anything, any toy, any pleasure or anyone that we would glory or glorify or worship instead of God, that is an idol. Secondly, it means all that we do in life is to be done to the glory of God. Everything. Even eating and drinking. This is what Paul says. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't think that our Christian Life and behaviour is only to deal with those important things. But it's in everything that we're to bring glory to God. Everything. Friends, let's be clear about this. It is God's goodness and grace that allows us to enjoy 
this wonderful creation that we live in. It is our privilege. It is not our right. And that's why we too, like Paul, we must acknowledge for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So, Paul finishes chapters 1 to 11 in Romans with these, this amazing doxology and then he goes on to say something after that at the beginning of verse 12, verses 1 and 2. And it is his instruction for how we are to live our forgiven lives as Christ follow, followers, as Christ followers, in glory to him. He says this, chapter 12, verse 1, 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Now church, our right response to God's grace and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness is that we renew our minds. We we change our thinking from pleasing self to pleasing God in everything that we do. That means no more conforming to the pattern of the world. Self takes second seat to God. We pursue holiness, we pursue obedience to God's word, his special revelation. You know, as Paul goes on to write elsewhere in this wonderful book called Romans where he says, Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honourable in the sight of all. Pay to all what is owed them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honour to whom honour is owed. Elsewhere we read, let us not pass judgement on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. This is how we're to live life, friends, to the glory of God. It's all in here. Now, having said this, it is essential to understand that soli deo gloria, glory to God alone, is first and foremost about God's glory. Understand, friends, God has the glory. God is glory. It is second that we bring him glory. Now, I know that there is a fine line distinction in what I just said, but it's necessary to understand because the Christians focus in not, a, not on us doing these things for God's glory. He already has the glory. Because if it's us doing these things for God's glory, it then becomes man-centred instead of God-centred. We do 
what God calls us to do because of God's glory. Understand, God already has the glory. He is all glory. Soli Deo Gloria is first and foremost about God who has all the glory. And once we understand that, then we can rightly ascribe to him the glory that is due his name by living to his glory. Psalm 29 verse 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in splendour, in the splendour of his holiness. So friends, we ascribe glory to God because it is already his. We give him glory because he is glorious. And therefore, Tozer's quote is so insightful. What comes into your minds when you think about God is the most important thing about us. Do you live your life to God's glory? For those of us that are thinking, could do this better, we have an opportunity, friends, from here on to do a bit of a course correction and in everything we do, bring glory to God and then his name will spread And the marvel of his grace will become an attraction to those that don't yet know God's grace and love. And then the Holy Spirit will call them and they too may come into this living relationship with our God through his son Jesus. So let me pray for us as we just say thank you, Father, for that movement that we remember as the Reformation and what it reminded your people of as your word explains. Father, your goodness to us is not earned by us because of right behaviour. It is because of your grace. It is because of Christ. And we receive it through faith. And we have your word. And Father, we pray that we will go from here and live our lives to your glory, to your glory alone. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, John. Church, I want to invite you to stand.